Coming up on the Cliff Notes Podcast Week 6 pregame show, we have some big news about the Missouri State High School Activities Association State Championship sites, plus Missouri State rankings. Can Midbuck and East Buck stay on course for their big showdown next week? And we talked to our good friend KKWK Sports Director Chris Ward on this week's Week 6 pregame show on the Cliff Notes Podcast. And welcome everybody back to the second segment of the Cliff Notes Podcast Week 6 pregame show. I am your host, Clifton Grooms. This is the, K- the KCI and the GRC segment. Let's go ahead and let's run down some scores from both conferences from last week. And the KCI Midbuck was able to cruise to a 69-7 win over North Platte. East Buchanan all over West Platte 46-14. Lawson played their most complete football game of the year, 35-8 over Plattsburgh. And Hamilton 40, Lathrop 16. And the GRC, South Harrison was able to get a 38-0 win over Polo. Gallatin 32, Maysville 20. Milan just all over Trenton 43-6. And Princeton 36, Putnam County 6. So those are the scores for both those conferences. Now before we go through the schedules, we do have some news to address here. Uh, Misha, the Missouri State High School Activities Association, announced this week their championship sites for football on the 11-man and the 8-man side, the 11-man sites will be at three different high schools in the Jefferson City area at Blair Oaks, Helias Catholic, and Jefferson City High, while the 8-man game will be held at Jerry Litton Memorial Stadium at Chillicothe High School. Now let's get into the state rankings in Missouri. In Class 5, Platte County was the number 16 this week. In Class 4, at number 7, it was the Smithville Warriors, while the Savannah Savages were receiving votes. In Class 2, the number 4 ranked team was the St. Pius at the 10th Warriors. Then coming at number 4 in the MEC in Class 1. Still the number 1 team in Class 1 is the Mead Buchanan Dragons. At number 4, it's Milan. Number 7 is East Buck. And receiving votes is South Harrison. And the KCI, let's run down the standings. Undefeated, two undefeated teams remaining in the KCI. Mid-Buck at 3-0. East Buck at 2-0. Hamilton and Lawson both are tied for the third spot. They at they're tied. Yes, they're tied for the third spot, sitting at two and one in the conference. West Platte and Plattsburgh are both at one and two in the conference. West Platte would probably be bumped up due to West Platte's victory over Plattsburgh in week three. Lathrop is at zero and two in the conference, and North Platte is zero and three. Now let's get into the schedule for the KCI conference this week. It's Hamilton. At Midbuck, Hamilton is three and two in the year, while Midbuck is five and zero on the season. Now the Hornets are actually getting closer to full strength. They didn't ha- exactly have all their players due to contact tracing, so they'll will be they're going to be closer to full strength going into this game against Mid Buchanan. Should be a real competitive game. We did have an opportunity to talk to Coach Aaron Fritz about last week's game against North Platte, and we give a little bit of a scouting report on the Hornets. So here's our interview with Coach Fritz starting in thirty seconds. And we're here on the Cliff Notes Podcast, Week 6 pregame show. we got our good friend, Mimi Keenan Dragon, head coach Aaron Fritz back with us. How you doing, coach? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for having me. Always a pleasure to have you, coach. Always a pleasure to have you, coach. Um, taking care of business this week um, against North Platte, 69-7. Um, to um, May not have been, you know, the score that you wanted going into this game. Talk about this game as a whole and talk about some of the positives that you take away from this ball game on Friday? Well, I, I was really proud of just everybody that played. We, we played really hard. We played really fast. And, um, yeah, they're not a uh, strong team right now at this point, but they are a young team. It's going to get better. Uh, North Platte is. And, 
we uh, we jumped on them early. We did a lot of good things. We got tons of guys in. Um, the older guys that played a little bit did really well. Guys like Cage Burns stood out. Um, Chase Davidson, guys guys that probably don't get the recognition they should did some really good things and and really helped us out. And then we did some line changes in the first half and had a whole new 11 guys on offense go in to play on Monday nights. And they played in the first and second quarter and did some good things for us. And then the whole second half, we didn't play anybody that uh, starts on offense, on offense, I don't think. And defensive guys, like three of them got to play for a series and then they were done. So second half was all Monday night guys. And it was just a really good night for us. And um, we, we outscored them in the second half with our young guys. And I thought that was a good positive for us and hopefully continues to help our program grow. Oh, absolutely. And uh, when you when you play those kids like that, when you, you know, like I said, you know, I've heard on other interviews and stuff, you know, the score may have got a little out of hand for you. When, when that happens, though, you are able to play those younger guys and it, and it builds your program for years down the road. It, it definitely doesn't hurt and, and it gives them confidence. And that's why it was a big deal for us. And we scripted it that way to get them all in in the first quarter so they can kind of experience that. Uh, early game field too because one of the biggest things you deal with with 15 to 18 year old kids is kind of nerves sometimes and if you can get those nerves out now and understand that get those kids to understand that these moments are just the same as any other game and it's just a game go play that really helps you long term in my opinion so we're trying to knock those little things out right now so it'll help us in the future. Coach I want you to talk about your um your quarterback real quick Jaden Noyes um Four-year starter quarterback. He's just been an absolute tremendous leader for you guys on and off the field. Um, he's just been – he's having a great season so far. Talk about the way your quarterback is just leading the team. And you can even talk about your, your other seniors because your seniors have seen a lot of playing time within the last couple of years. Well, I mean, there's, there's not a whole lot you can't say about Javen Noyes. He's a great kid. He's going to be a great father, a great husband one day. And that's probably the thing I'm going to be most proud of about him is how, how good a young man he is and how good a husband and father he's going to be. But he, uh, he does a great job of leading us. He knows everything we're doing. He studies all the time. He watches film. He just does all those little things right that you want him doing. And when, when you know your leader's doing that, you want to follow him. And, and Javen does a good job at that. And he does a good job of picking the kids up when maybe things aren't going well. And if he's not doing very well, he knows he's got to keep a level head because everybody's kind of looking at him to make plays. So um, I really wish he could stick around for a few more years, but uh, we're trying to enjoy every minute we have with him and the rest of these seniors. They've all done a good job. They're, they're hard workers. They, they do what we ask them to do. And, and I'd like to think we're pretty much a player-led group now where if they say, hey, coach, we think we need to do this, I'm going to let them do it because I know they're making the right decision for them and their teammates. So uh, we have a lot of good kids. And and Javen's definitely one of them, and we have another 11 seniors that do a good job with him. Well, let's talk about this game real quick. Week six, um, getting into the KCI schedule, you guys have a home game against Hamilton this week. Um, we talked about, uh, I wouldn't say on off camera, I said off off microphone or off interview here. Um, we talked about how they're back to um, full strength now. They weren't exactly at full strength when they played the East Buck game or or probably even the Lafayette County game, but – Take, talk about the scouting report for the Hornets and um, what can we expect from this football game on Friday? Well, I mean, they're, Coach Ober does a great job with their offense and Coach Wiederhold does a great job with their defense and they're going to come out, they're going to play hard. They're going to play a physical brand of football and they're going to try to run the ball and control the clock. And it starts with Sawyer Morrow and Tucker Ross in their backfield. And they are both very, very explosive. I'm not sure we've seen explosive guys like both of those guys this year. So 
we're really going to have our hands full and have to do a really good job against them and, and try to slow the running attack down. Because if you don't and you let them run wild, you're just never going to get the ball back. And when you finally do, you're going to give up seven or eight points. So huge key for us is getting lined up and doing some good things on defense and tackling well. And then against that defense, man, they, uh, they try to keep everything in front of them. So we have to know our assignments, block, block as well as we can through the whistle and take care of the football. And if we can move the football down the field and put some points on the board, that changes what they do because they're not really a throwing team. They want to run the ball. So if we can play our style of football and play fast and get lots of plays and things, then maybe that will give us a chance to compete. But if we don't, uh, this football team is very good and they have all their guys back now. And, and they're just a different team than what they were earlier in the season. So we're going to have to play really well to go out and compete. Well, Coach, I think it's going to be a very good football game, very good test in the KCI conference. Um, for those of you who aren't able to be in Fawcett for the ball ballgame, um, the ball game is going to be streamed live on the Vivian Canada Athletics YouTube page with Dave Rigger and Nick McCutcheon on the call. Um, Coach Aaron Fritz, I want to thank you so much again for coming on the podcast. I know that – you're even a big fan of the podcast. I want to thank you so much for coming on and listening and all that stuff. And uh, good luck to you and the kids on Friday. Cliff, I appreciate you, brother. Thanks for doing what you do for high school football. And we'll talk again soon, man. And always a huge thank you to Coach Aaron Fritz of the Bibby Kid and Dragons for joining us here on the Cliff Notes podcast. Rest of the KCI, let's run down the schedule. East Buchanan is at Plattsburgh. North Platte is at Lawson. And West Platte is at Lathrop. Let's run down the standings in the Grand River Conference, the 11-man division. At a tie in first place at 3-0 in the conference, it's Milan and South Harrison. If both of them hold serve this week, that could be a potential conference championship game next week. We'll have more in the Grand River Conference here in just a second. Gallatin is at 2-1 in the conference. Princeton is 1-1. Polo is 1-2. Putnam County is 0-2. Maysville 0-3. And Trenton is at 0-1 in the league. The schedule for the Grand River Conference is as follows. South Harrison is at Putnam County. Gallatin is at Milan. Princeton is at Maysville. And Trenton is on the road at Polo. Now, we do have an opportunity to speak with Regional Radio KKWK Sports Director Chris Ward. We always talk all things KCI and GRC. Our interview, we'll talk about his game that he's covering this week is Princeton and Maysville. We'll get into Hamilton and Midbrook and We'll preview what exactly could be very well on the menu for next week for Week 7. Our interview with Chris Ward begins right now. And we're here on the Cliff Bills Podcast Week 6 pregame show. We got um, Regional Radio KKWK Sports Director Chris Ward. How are you doing, Chris? Hey, Cliff. I'm doing well. Thanks for having me again, bud. Always a pleasure to have you. Um, Chris, um, Week 5 was uh, in the books. Um, I know that um, you had Plattsburgh and Lawson, which um, – was a pretty dominated game by Lawson. Um, talk about that game and some other notable, um, notable things in the area that either really surprised you or really stuck out. Uh, starting with my game there, Plattsburgh Lawson. Um, I don't know if it was so much surprising, but uh, yeah, you're right. It was kind of one-sided. Uh, Lawson pretty well dominated that game from the word go. There was a uh, a run there late in the first quarter to the early second quarter where Lawson. Uh, got a field goal, then blocked a punt for a touchdown, and then got an interception deep in the Plattsburgh territory and a few plays later punched it in. And really that was about the end of it. At that point it was 16 to nothing. Uh, 
still competitive, uh, quote unquote, but you could just kind of tell Lawson was the team in control. Uh, they ended up getting it to the uh, the running clock early in the fourth quarter. But kudos to Plattsburgh uh, again, young ball club, um, still kind of finding their way. Obviously, uh, with a lot of sophomores and freshmen playing, uh, they never quit, and they were able to score late in that game and stop the turbo clock, which I know isn't that big of a deal, but um, it does show a little bit of the heart that the coach is trying to instill in this team, and that's half the battle there. Uh, he's trying to change the culture of Plattsburgh, uh, Coach Rosenbaum is, and I think that's a good sign for for the process that they're in. Uh, obviously doesn't help you out on a Friday night, but it, it is a good sign down the road for what Plattsburgh's doing, and yeah, they're doing it the right way. Uh, for Lawson, kind of felt like uh, one of those moments that really uh, – that they're not seeing their team come together. Obviously, they've had a weird year uh, with the COVID stuff there at the beginning of the season, costing them a game against Oak Grove, but then they come in and start out 0-2. Uh, but, but when you're playing teams like uh, the Lafayette Counties and the Mid-Buchanans of the world uh, – really good football teams are going to be hard-pressed to beat those guys. So starting out 0-2, uh, not necessarily the end of the world. Uh, they've really kind of gotten it back going uh, with a, a couple wins in a row now. I think that's a, a win they can really start to build on there in Lawson. Uh, again, uh, I think they were the better team, but you got to get those wins. you got to get that momentum rolling to, to really get your season turned around when you start out 0-2. It kind of feels like they've done that. Um, elsewhere, uh, I, I thought the uh, in the KCI, just to stay there, um, I thought that Hamilton's win over Lathrop, while I expected them to win, uh, the score I thought was pretty impressive. The way Hamilton was able to slowly but surely pull away from them. Uh, I think everything else in the KCI kind of went the way we expected it to go. Uh, in the MEC, I thought uh, if you just look at the scoreboard, Maryville beat Cameron 27-7, to uh, but that did not tell the whole story of that game. Cameron on Thursday of last week uh, lost, I think it was six kids to COVID stuff, including the starting quarterback and a couple other starters. Uh, so, I mean, you're, you're taking a good core group of kids out of that uh, 24 hours before kickoff, 36 hours before kickoff, whatever it is. So they're scrambling around. They get one practice with a sophomore quarterback and some of their skill players gone, et cetera. And uh, they go down and they score the first points of the day. They take the lead. Um, they gave Maryville all they wanted with a young group that, that really wasn't experienced, certainly not ready for the varsity level at that point. If you'd have heard Coach Jeff Wallace on Friday night in our post-game show, uh, you'd have thought he was a proud papa whose kid just took the first step. I mean, he was uh, he was about as happy with his kids, about as proud of his kids as he could be. And you don't see that very often in a 20-point loss. But uh, that, that tells me that Cameron's for real. Um, again, Maryville got him by 27-7. to but you throw in five, six, seven varsity-level senior starters, including your quarterback and a couple other skill kids, uh, that game's a totally different game. So that tells me a lot about Cameron in that regard. Uh, St. Pius continued to be very impressive. I thought Savannah's win was very impressive. Um, and then going to the GRC, I know you're more KCI, MEC, but uh, the GRC kind of went the way we would thought they would go. Uh, South Harrison Milan just continue to be on that uh, collision course for for their game coming up next week. Um, so uh, a lot of kind of went the way we thought it would go. But those are a few games that I thought told us a little something. Well, absolutely. Let's move on to this week, Chris. Uh, first game that we're going to talk about is the game that you're going to be covering live on 100.1 Regional Radio Quick. It is um, Princeton at Maysville. There were only two teams that I ha really haven't heard too much about. Um, I know Maysville played mid-buck uh, several weeks ago, but you know, Princeton, Princeton's playing about 500 ball. So what do you expect um, going into this game on Friday? I think this is going to be kind of your, uh, your kind of throwback game, uh, a little bit old school, if you will. Uh, Princeton, remember, they're coached by Coach Powell. He's a uh, Maryville guy. So he's a, a wing T kind of disciple. Uh, they're bringing in some single wing stuff this year as well, which is old school football, uh, very deceptive, lots of movement in the backfield. It is a deep, an offense 
that forces your defense to really play their 111th. You really have to be on your job. You can't look at your neighbor and say, well, you know, the, the D tackle's getting beat here, so I need to slide down. You can't say, well, that linebacker's not making that play, so I need to step right. You have to do your job or else it creates creases and it's bad news. So that'll definitely test Maysville because Princeton's old school. Coach Powell knows what he's talking about. Uh, as you mentioned, they're, they're right at 500, two and two. Uh, they've kind of had a little bit of this, a little bit of that. They played uh, mid-buck week one, kind of got run, but mid-buck's doing that to everybody. Uh, they've won some games where they've run the opponent. So they, it's kind of which team shows up or who their opponent is for Princeton. So I'm not quite sure what we'll get. Uh, I know Coach Powell's a great coach. He'll have those kids prepared. Uh, again, they run kind of a funky offense. So uh, even when maybe they're not as good, not saying they're not, but uh, even in years where maybe they won't be as good, that offense can make you good just based on what you're doing if you've got your scheme down. So that'll certainly be something to watch. Maysville also under a first-year head coach, Chris McMillan. He comes from the Stanbury coaching tree, uh, and uh, obviously a lot of success there in the, in the eight-man world. Uh, tough to turn a program around in one year. Uh, it seems like he's getting the buy-in that you would ask for from his kids. A lot of these kids were the guys. They kind of got thrown in as freshmen and sophomores under Coach Cole a few years ago and have kind of had to work their way to where they're at now. Uh, now you hope that kind of pays off uh, as seniors and juniors. Uh, they're tough. They're gritty. Uh, their record's not sterling at one and four. Uh, but I think these are two teams that match up really well. Um, it's cliche to say football's one in the trenches, but that is definitely where these two teams have their strengths is, is their offensive and defensive lines. That'll really be a key uh, in this matchup. And I think, again, Maysville being able to uh, stay home, so to speak, to, to really uh, not let Princeton's misdirection fool them. Because, again, the wing tee and the uh, single wing both use a lot of those elements, uh, different pulling guards and uh, spinner backs when you're talking single wing and things like that. Certainly can get the, the eyes drawn into places they're not supposed to be. If you allow that to happen, you're in trouble. So that'll be something we'll watch. Uh, certainly uh, should be a very fun game. Again, two teams, uh, skill players-wise, uh, kids-wise, should be pretty evenly matched. So it should make for some pretty good football. Yeah, I think that'll be a pretty good football game that you're going to be covering. Um, let's go on to a matchup in the KCI, um, Hamilton and Mid-Buck. Um, obviously, you know, we've talked about Mid-Buck several times. You know, they're just um, steamrolling every, over um, everybody that they play right now, the number one team in the state. Um, they're facing a Hamilton team who is getting players back. Um, um, Coach Fritz told me that they're going to be – that Hamilton's going to pretty much have everybody on the field – on Friday when they played mid-Bucks. So that's going to be a tough game. So I know they were missing players during the East Buck game, but um, this this should be a really competitive contest. Uh, it'll be one of the more competitive contests mid-Buck will have to this point of the season for sure. Um, I know they are – Hamilton is getting at least some kids back. I'm not 100% that they'll be uh, fully back. I'm not sure about the Trosper kid. He had a, a non-COVID deal. He had a, a collarbone injury, so I'm not sure exactly what his timetable is. But uh, getting Nick Storff back, that, uh, that left guard and defensive lineman, that kid, he's just a sophomore, but he is kind of the heartbeat of that team. Uh, as he goes emotionally, that team tends to go. Uh, I think most people will say, well, it's got to be Sawyer Morrow, right? Well, yeah, he is, but he's the running back. Uh, he's also a leader on defense. Uh, but you kind of know what you're getting out of him. Fisher seems to be kind of one of those kids that likes to play on the other side of the line of scrimmage. No matter which side he's on, he likes to get to the other side. If he's a defensive lineman, he likes to disrupt your offensive backfield. When he's playing guard, he likes to get out in front and really uh, steam great or so uh, road great some people out of the way. He's kind of the key to that team for me. So having him back is huge for Hamilton. Uh, their thing is going to have to be sustained drives. You have to find a way to keep the mid-Buchanan offense on the sideline for a while. Uh, can you do that? I don't know. We'll see. Uh, nobody's been able to do it as of yet. 
but uh, a key for that's going to be getting the next door for those guys back up front because then you can run not just Sawyer Morrow, who's a great running back, all-state or multiple times. He's great on the outsides and getting to the edge. And he's got – he might be the fastest kid in the KCI. At least he's in the conversation for sure. Uh, you get that kind of kid out on the edges, that's dangerous. Uh, another key is the Tucker Ross kid that's running quarterback for them. They'll run option at you. He's got the speed and the, uh, the toughness to kind of turn it up. He's really smart. Uh, he makes really good decisions. Uh, they're not afraid to even just run straight quarterback sweep with him. He's a good athlete. He's got the head on his shoulders. He's doing a lot of good things. So I think you combine uh, getting healthy up front with the Dixdorf kids back, and, and then you add in uh, uh, the quarterback and Ross, and then obviously Sawyer Morrow. That is a really good Hamilton team. They will definitely test Mid-Buchanan. Now the question becomes on the other side of that thing, can Hamilton slow Mid-Buchanan's offense down? Uh, Javon Noyes has just been a, a man amongst boys so far in the first five weeks of the season. Uh, he can throw it. He can run it. He's got such a great grasp on what the coaching staff wants them to do as far as the offense goes, getting them into the right plays, checking when he needs to check, getting them into the right things. Uh, and, and, he, and he's the right kind of kid. Because, again, um, he's more than happy to give it to TJ or to any one of the right wide receivers and let them get the glory. Uh, he's just – he's a great trigger man for that style of an offense. Then you add in, like I mentioned, TJ Runyon. That kid has put on, what, 10, 15 pounds of just pure muscle. He, he is looking good. Uh, he's ripped. Uh, and he's running like a man possessed. So that gives him that great weapon. You throw in all those great uh, wide receivers. And the fact they like to run those uh, tap passes or uh, whatever you want to call them, uh, kind of run in the motion in front of the quarterback. And he just flips it forward or taps it forward to him. Uh, it's almost like a run, but it counts as a pass, very low risk. Uh, that's getting those guys out into space. Uh, maybe Canada's doing lots of really good things with their offense right now. I, I don't know that Hamilton can, uh, if they have the speed all over the field to stay with all of those weapons, that'll be one of the biggest challenges for them. Let's talk about, a, let's talk about a little, give a little appetizer for next week because next week's going to be a big week for every single one of us. There's going to be showdowns all across the board. I feel like every single segment of next week is going to have at least one important game. So we're going to, we're definitely going to load up the pregame show next week. Um, obviously, the big one is Mid-Buck and East-Buck next week. If both teams, um, we, had, we didn't even talk about East-Buck. They're playing Plattsburgh this week. If both those teams stay the course this week, we can have a potential maybe KCI championship game on our hands. And then if Milan and South Harrison stay on course, we got a potential GRC championship game on our hands. So we could very possibly have two conference championship games on our hands. Let's just give a little bit of an appetizer of what to expect from you and me and probably of other people who, are, who I'm going to talk to this next week. Yeah, and I think both of those things, just kind of looking at the schedule, I mean, if you put the bet on it or looking at it on paper, I think both of those things happen. I think Midbuck is the favorite to beat Hamilton, though I think that could be a competitive game. I think East Buchanan should be able to take care of Plattsburgh. I just don't know that the Tigers have uh, the athleticism right now to keep up with some of the kids that East Buchanan has. I mean, you start talking uh, Ansel as a running back, that Klein kid's really good. Uh, they got the good trigger man in the muster kid. They've got some beasts up front. Uh, they're big and fast, and they move. Uh, in the coaches show uh, yesterday, we were talking with Plattsburgh coach Ross Rosenbaum and some of those East Buck kids wrestle with the Plattsburgh guys. And he's like, man, I know what they do on the mat. Those are my kind of kids. Uh, that's translating to the trenches in football. So I would think East, East Buchanan's the favorite in that game. So that really would set up uh, the battle of the Bucks, if you will, uh, mid-Buck at East Buchanan there in week seven. Uh, that matchup, having seen both of these teams in person, 
Uh, that seems to me like the game of the year right now, just because of the way those two teams match up. Uh, speed against speed, uh, two really good quarterbacks, uh, good offensive linemen. So I think East Buchanan probably has a size advantage down there. I think quickness goes a little bit to Mid Buchanan. Uh, two uh, coaching staffs that really know their stuff. When you talk about Fritz and Rump and that gang over there at Midbuck, I know Coach Ritter's a first-year coach, but you start looking at his assistants and who he's got there. All you got to do is go to Ron Musser. That guy's been around for a coon's age. Uh, that guy has forgotten more about football than most of us combined will ever know. Uh, that's a great staff over there and obviously a good up-and-coming coach and Coach Ritter. Uh, the, 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 the chess match that's going to go on in that game and the little subtle moves that will happen here or there at the setups. Uh, people always talk about that, uh, that maybe we don't do enough setup uh, stuff. Uh, you run that same play over or the same look over and over, and then suddenly you've got something else out of it. That's going to be the stuff I'm looking for, and I'm lo really looking forward to that game. But that'll be the kind of thing I'm looking for between those two is those little bitty adjustments, those little chess moves of moving the pawn over and maybe you know, stepping the, the tackle out a little bit, splitting the running back over here, moving the man in motion. That's going to be the kind of things that, that, that separate those two uh, in, in a week's time. Uh, as far as the GRC goes, I think both of those teams probably hold serve. Uh, South Harrison's up at Pat Putnam County tonight, uh, so I, I figure they should uh, get that victory. Milan's got Gallatin coming over. That's a little tougher of a matchup. Uh, Gallatin presents some problems, but Milan, again, is big and tough. Uh, they got a good quarterback in Milan Cole. They've got a really good line. Uh, I would think they're the favorites, but I think that's a little tougher game. Uh, of, of all those four matchups this week to kind of set those two games up next week. That's probably the one to keep an eye on the most. Uh, but when you get Milan and South Harrison together, if it holds serve, uh, man, you talk about uh, just a good old-fashioned, old-school three-yard and a cloud of dust, punch them in the mouth kind of football game. Two teams that are big, senior-laden up front. They've got great quality linemen. Uh, they've got really good running backs. They really know their system. Uh, they both play stingy defense. I mean, that's a game. Uh, if you like old school football, that's the game you're going to want to be at next week is Milan at South Harrison. And obviously uh, our South Harrison game will be broadcasting that one. Uh, that's going to be a doozy of a ball game. So I believe your um, the game of the week next week for you is going to be Midbuck and East Buck. Is that correct? Correct. So uh, that will definitely be, um, that's going to be my preliminary plan to go there. That's for next week. So um, Chris, I want to thank you so much. Um, good luck to you and your game this week. I know that we'll talk next week. We got a big, we got a big show lined up next week with these matchups that we just talked about and so much more. So, Chris, I want to thank you so much for joining us, and um, good luck to you next this week, and um, we'll talk to you again next week. Sounds good, buddy. Thanks for having me. And a huge thank you to Chris Ward for coming on the show every week. Thank you so much, Chris. That wraps up segment two. In the third segment, we'll get into the eight-man segment. We'll run down the eight-man poll. We'll talk about Stanbury North Andrew. we got interviews with both coaches. And we'll talk to Anthony Crane about all things 8-Man Football. That's coming up here shortly on the Cliff Notes Podcast Week 6 pregame show.